Hey now, hey now, hey now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new edition of Over the Line. I think uh, we're coming in a little hot, so let's turn that down just a little bit. So glad to be here as always. Brand new edition, brand new week. That's right, we're back with you. If I can figure out what's going on over here, we can fix that. A little bit of this, and there we go. Think we got it. How y'all doing? Y'all doing good today? Good to see you. Hope you got to uh, join us on our our first Friday Night Live we did uh, just uh, this past Friday, a few days ago. We're doing that every every Friday. And with consistency being the name of the game, we are giving you a brand new show Monday through Thursday. And then Friday nights, we are giving you a uh, a live that you can jump in. And I know Friday is kind of weird. Some of y'all want to go out, hang out, go to dinner, whatever. You can always go back and watch those. Uh, whatever platform we put that on, we'll make sure you you know where you can find it at. Um, but we're going to do that on a regular basis. It's going to be exciting. The Friday night lives are going to be fun because they're going to be different stuff they're not just me yapping about politics and everything else it's uh trish came in here this past friday and we talked about everything from conspiracy theories to uh my midlife crisis so literally it could be anything and everything i feel like something's going crazy with my with my volume here hold on hold on hold on a second let me see if i can fix this oh yeah here we go oh Oh, yeah, that's better. That's much better. Mm, so much better. All right. First off the top, I want you guys to remember on these videos, if you're watching on YouTube, comment, like, subscribe, share, whatever you got to do. The biggest thing is comment and like this video because the more you guys do that, the better off we are. The, the more interactions we have, you, you can say love the show, hate the show. If, you, if I bring up something you want to comment on, put it on there. We're going to see them all. We may not respond to all of them, but we will uh, we'll definitely see your, your comments. So make sure you hook that up. Also, don't forget about our buddies at Vapor Forge. A lot of you guys have been reaching out to me and telling me I'm, uh, that you've been by there. And I greatly appreciate it. I know they appreciate it. You know where they're at. Out on Highway 280. 4673 Highway 280 East in Birmingham. 205-874-9010 is their number. 874-9010. Right there by Bailey Brothers. And they got all you need when it comes to vape stuff. And also the Delta 8 stuff that we talked about. I'm not going to get into that today. But if you're curious about it, it's... Um, it's, it's like CBD on steroids. So... Go to Friday's video, the Over the Line Friday Night Live, here on this YouTube channel, and you can kind of get the details about what exactly that is, because we went into a little more detail. And we'll probably do that again this Friday, but it's something interesting to look into. If you've got uh, health issues or anything of the sort that you feel like um, this could uh, help you out, you know, we're not doctors, we're not pharmacies, we're not handing out prescriptions, but... Uh, Delta 8's good stuff, so make sure you at least educate yourself as to what that's all about. And Vapor Forge is the only place 
you need to be buying it because they got the best selection, best prices, everything else. And they love over the line, which is a good thing, right? Yeah. We're uh, we're ramping up our TikTok. I know I'm, try- I'm trying to go through all the announcements real quick. We're ramping up our TikTok. If you haven't added us on there, it's at Andrew McLean Who. Easy to find. Um, it's a mixture of behind the scenes in my life and political stuff. So you may get uh, a little bit of everything. You may even get some stuff you don't want. So <laughs> make sure make sure you uh, you check that out. Here's the thing we posted today. This is actually funny. I put this together. I was proud of it. Let's see if I can pull that up for y'all. And it was Joe Biden. Uh, I think last week he was announcing that we had... Uh, 900,000 Americans file for unemployment that are still on unemployment. And uh, that's not a good thing. But <laughs> let me swap it over here. This is this is actually really good. Watch this. Here we go. Come on. Come on with it. Yesterday, we learned that 900,000 more Americans file for unemployment. 900,000. No shit! Who could have seen that coming? I had no idea! (laughs) It's that kind of stuff we put on TikTok, so make sure you go check that out. At Andrew McLean, who, uh, speaking of the Biden administration... I've been watching, and I know we just kind of started this stuff, but I've been watching the press briefings, and I know it was a shock to the system for a lot of you guys to go straight from Kaylee McEnany to uh, Jen Psaki, the Biden press secretary. Obviously, uh, Kaylee McEnany was an attractive young woman, but she was smart. She was sharp. She was able to hand handle the animals in the media like it was nothing. And now we've moved from that to this, which is a big change. Now, the one thing I notice about Jen Psaki is she doesn't really seem to know what the answers are to the questions she's being asked. Now, that's not a good thing, seeing that the media in the White House is on her side, right? That that's the same media that has propped up her boss for an entire election cycle, the worst candidate in history by far. They spent all their time and energy propping that guy up, and now she can't even. And now this administration has propped up a press secretary that can't even answer the softball questions. She's just constantly. Mumbling and uh and uh I don't know and I'll circle back around to you with that one. It's it's a constant feed of I'll get back to you, I'll get back to you, I'll get back. What are you being paid for, lady? If you don't have the answers to any of the questions, why are you there? Why are you wasting people's time with a press conference if you if you can't answer any of the questions? I don't understand. Here's a nice little montage. Of kind of how, I mean, these are clips from different press briefings over the past two weeks. But really, this is what 
every single press briefing sounds like for the entire time that she's up there. I can, I'll circle back if there's more I can share with you, but I'll circle back with you if there's more to convey. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. We can circle back. I'm, I'm happy to circle back with you. I can circle back. Uh, I will have to circle back on that one. That's an excellent question. Oh, such an important question. Uh, we will circle back with you and we'll, we'll circle back with you. It's an interesting question, but uh, we'll, we'll circle back. I'm happy to circle back, but I'll have to circle back with you on it. It's a good question, but we'll circle back with you on this today. We will certainly circle back with you more directly. Uh, I hate to disappoint you, but I will have to circle back with you on that as well. Now, can you imagine my time in radio when callers would call in on a regular basis and they would have comments or questions or even throw something out there that goes against what I'm saying. And I'm put in a position where I have to defend my stance or defend what I believe in. Could you imagine me on each episode for the three or four hours that I'm on the radio each day telling the callers, I'll have to circle back around. Give me a little time. I'll circle back around. I'll go find the answer. I'll have to research it. Now, that will happen from time to time, but imagine me just constantly doing that. You going to listen to that radio show? Of course not. Now, imagine you have a much more important position than some measly radio show host. You're the White House press secretary. You are the mouthpiece for the leader of the free world. And you can't answer simple questions from a friendly media. Not a good sign. (laughs) That's not a good start whatsoever. But whatever. Hey, she, if anything, she is a perfect example. She is a perfect representation of her president. Which is a guy who can't answer any questions and literally talks in circles. I mean, even on the campaign trail, some of the most important policy questions were posed to him. And he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You'll find out after I get elected. Oh, really? It makes me sick to know that they knew this whole time. And they did. Joe Biden, in his senile state of mind, let, let it slip that, that they knew they were going to win. And there was nothing anybody could do about it. The, the, the candidate, the, the incumbent that is running for his second term who got more votes than any incumbent in history got beat by a guy who wouldn't answer policy questions and a guy that even said to the American people, I don't need you to get me elected. I just need you after I get elected. That would be suicide for a campaign. To say, I don't need you to vote for me. You don't get, that's not how you get 80 million votes. Like, I understand if you don't keep up with this stuff day in and day out, and you, you don't breathe politics and you haven't done it for, you know, decades like myself. But I will tell you, I'm no political science major or anything like that, but everything I have watched and watched so very closely tells me that in no way, in no universe, in no scenario does a presidential candidate tell people, I don't need you, and then get 81 million votes. It doesn't happen. Now, I'm not going to get into all that because I'll get banned banned here on YouTube. But you, you get where I'm going with that.
It's something we've hammered time and time again. And I'm not letting it go. I'm just saying, a lot of people have moved on, and they're like, all right, well, it's a new day. We're now on offense. we got to attack the new president, so on and so forth. We'll let go of the election. Well, there's nothing you can do about it. I'll give you that. But I'm not letting it go. And I'm going to remind people every day until the next election of what the Democrats did in this one. Because in this one, it was the biggest robbery on democracy that we've ever seen in history. Ever. And if you're not reminded about it, you'll let it happen again in four years. That's why you need to be reminded. Let's talk about Dr. Uh, not Dr. Let's talk about Anthony Blinken since we're on the Biden administration Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, that's Joe Biden's pick for the Secretary of State. It's a big role, big shoes to fill that uh, he's going to have to worry about. And he's getting down to the important business of the American people and, and really the world and, and our, uh, our issues and our interests abroad. He has ordered the LGBT flags to be flown at U.S. embassies across the world and will name a special envoy for gay rights. That's correct. That's what we're worried about during a transition. One of the most important transitions in history where we had finally made our way back to the top. We have... Our enemies on their knees, begging for mercy. And our number one priority is putting up gay flags at embassies. But let's be honest, depending on where that embassy is, you may be making that very embassy a target and putting your people in danger. Because you don't fly that flag in some countries. In America you do, because we're free. We, we hope we're free. We hope we continue to be free. But in some places, the citizens of that country don't like it. And they do some barbaric things in response. So let's hope and pray that nobody's injured or killed because of this decision. But it is possible that something like that could happen. Now, there was a striking difference in this move and what I saw with the Trump administration I wanted to point out. With the Trump administration, the Trump would acknowledge the LGBT community that supported him and say, Donald Trump loves the LGBT community. We love you guys just like we love everybody else. He also hired members of that LGBT community put them in his cabinet, put them as part of his administration, and never once felt the need to get out in the media or on a stage and flaunt the fact that he had hired a gay man. Now, why is that? Because he looked at the gay man just like he looked at the straight man. He looked at him and said, can this guy do his job well? Is this the best guy for the job? And when the answer was yes, there was never a follow-up question of, well, is he gay? Who cares? 
Nobody cares if he's gay. What you're doing here is has nothing to do with your preference in lovers, what you do in the bedroom, or who you like to date. It's about who does the job. Number one, Richard Grinnell. Openly gay man, a part of the Trump administration holding some very high offices. And instead of being praised or it being pointed out by the mainstream media that this was the first gay person to hold these positions, he was attacked. He was attacked because he would defend Trump no matter what. And the media would actively suppress the fact that he was gay. Because it would completely contradict everything they did. Everything about the acceptance of colors, of communities, of sexual orientations, it's all a fraud. The first thing Joe Biden did when he got to office, guess what he did? Fired a black guy. Secretary of Health, black guy, fired him. What did he do? Brought in a, a, a transgender white guy. Now, <laughs> who better, who better to do your uh, uh, to direct the uh, the health of a nation than someone who is not real sure of what their chromosomes are? It's very fitting for the Biden administration. But that's the stark difference. Think about that. Think about the gay people, the black people, the Asian people, the people of all different backgrounds that were in the Trump administration. Never once did they get a, a parade about how they were gay or how they were this or how they were that. It was never mentioned. But in the Biden administration, it's like, we're not going to talk about their qualifications. We're not going to talk about them if they're good at this job or not. We're going to talk about the fact that they like dudes. Or it's a dude that likes to wear dresses. If it's a dude that likes to wear a dress and he's the best person for the job, knock yourself out. That's a good thing. But when that's the only reason people are getting the jobs and then we're supposed to celebrate it, like Joe Biden has done something for the first time. You're going to see this a lot. You're going to see a lot of people. I mean, you're going to see a lot of instances throughout this administration where they're going to say, we just hired the first X, Y, and Z person to work as the head of the X, Y, and Z, whatever department. You're going to see that. And then they're going to have to backtrack a day later because people are going to start pointing out, no, Trump already did that that's actually the second <laughs> it's gonna happen you watch it's coming it's coming all right now i almost said dr anthony fauci i got uh, the cart before the horse but i do want to talk about dr anthony fauci and the fact that he told us as we mentioned on last week's show that we need to start double masking and and i don't know that he said it but the media was putting out there it's not a bad idea if you triple mask now, I know y'all have already seen people who have the mask, and you can see the outline kind of of another mask underneath. Like a, it's usually like a white mask under and then a you know regular Chinese cloth mask that they buy from the gas station on top of that. Well, Dr. Fauci was the one that promoted that. He promoted it last week. He said, uh, 
Actually, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what he said. We'll give it to you verbatim. Let's see. Fauci spoke about double masking in a video live stream interview with the American Federation of Teachers. So he's talking to teachers across America and guess talking about the health and safety of themselves and the health and safety of the children and getting schools back open, so on and so forth. And he's like, double masking. It's not a bad idea. He said, there's nothing wrong with it. Oh, wait, hold on. I got to find the first one. He said in the interview that double masking is, where is his original quote? He said it was common sense. He said, so if you have a physical covering with one layer, you put another layer on it, you put another layer on, it just makes common sense that it would likely be more effective. He said that with uh, in an interview with NBC News on the Today Show. He said that's the reason why you see people either double masking or doing a version of the N95. So he says it's a good thing if you don't have a medical or industrial grade mask, double mask. It's common sense that it works. But then... During this live stream interview with the American Federation of Teachers on Thursday, he said, quote, there's nothing wrong with that, but there's no data that indicates that is going to make a difference. <laughs> so why are you telling people on the Today Show the double masking does work? That's why NBC and CBS are putting out news reports that triple masking works. Because by your theory, the more masks, the better. And now you got a bunch of jabronis going around with two and three masks on. And you always hear the argument, oh, people complaining they can't breathe. Well, you ain't going to be able to breathe when you're dead from COVID. Well, you ain't going to die from COVID if you're wearing three masks because you really can't breathe. You will die from suffocation. You won't be able to get those three masks off quick enough. It's almost like it's a joke. Like they're messing with us. So Dr. Fauci has now come out and said double masking doesn't work. We don't have the data to back that up. Dr. Fauci also said that previously that single masking does not work said it was actually counterproductive. That's right, the beginning of the pandemic. Now, masks didn't change. Their, 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 the usefulness of a mask did not change, or the dynamic of a mask did not change from pre-COVID to post-COVID. The masks are the same, right? They block the same, they prevent the same, they do the same job, they're no different. The N95 mask had been around forever. Before the pandemic, or at the beginning of it, Dr. Fauci said, there's really no reason to wear a mask because they're ineffective. And if anything, they give you a false sense of security. So if you want to wear a mask, wear it, but it's not helping anything. It's actually doing the opposite. That's what he said. But now all of a sudden... His opinions changed even though the mask did not. Why is that? Well, there's one of two reasons. 
either he's just he sucks as a doctor and just made a horrible uh, miss uh, a, a bad judgment call by saying masks don't work when they actually do, or he's just trying to mess with people and has been trying to mess with people from the beginning, or the only other explanation could be that he didn't want people wearing masks in the beginning so it could spread and become a bigger issue, thus putting us in a position where we had to rapidly develop a COVID vaccine and pump it into the arms of hundreds of millions of Americans, as Joe Biden says. Because no matter what any news source says, any YouTube video, any podcast, Dr. Fauci is making a lot of money from COVID. He's making a a measly 400 grand a, a year with this position within the government. The NIH, 400 grand. So he makes a little more than the president does. But from COVID, from the COVID vaccine, he's making a lot of money. A lot. He's in with a group of people that have a patent on COVID. On the coronavirus. Not COVID-19, but the coronavirus as a whole. They've got a patent on it. Well, how can they have a patent on it if it's... uh, if it's nature, if it's a natural disease that just appeared, right? Because patent laws specifically say you cannot patent nature. And if COVID-19 is what we're told it is, if coronavirus in general is what we're told it is, that is nature. Nature provided coronavirus. The only way it wouldn't be is if COVID-19 was created in a lab, possibly one in Wuhan, possibly one that uh, a lab that received billions of dollars from the U.S. Maybe, I don't know. I'm just throwing out some <laughs> interesting details that you can research yourself. Don't take my word on it. Go look it up. It's all there. You can find it. There's great, great documentaries out there. There's another one called, um, I just came across it the other day, and I don't have, I, I, I don't, um, I don't know the name of it off the top of my head. But it really goes through the technical side of it. Who's patent coronavirus? Who stands to benefit from not just COVID, but the COVID vaccine? You're talking billions and billions. Billions of dollars, trillions of dollars, even, especially when this thing is is uh, being dealt with all over the world. There's a lot of money to be made, and that would make sense if Dr. Fauci can't seem to get his story straight, because he's just going through the motions until payday. That's what it seems like, anyway. Don't ban me, YouTube. These are all opinions. I'm not saying anything. I'm telling people to do their own research. Don't ban me. Don't ban me. 
If you don't believe me, do it. Do your research. I don't care if you believe me. You, if you don't believe me and you don't want to do your research, that's fine too. Don't. Ignorance is bliss and you can live a wonderful life not knowing what's really going on. But I'm here to tell you what's going on. Because I want you to know. I want you to be informed. And this is not a shot at mask, people. I want to clear that up. I got people that I love dearly that wear masks. I got people I love dearly that are very concerned for their own health and the health of their family because of COVID. So they take precautions as they can. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not a mask guy. I'm not wearing a mask. Maybe I'm cynical. Maybe I've seen too much corruption in the government. And maybe... Just none of this makes sense to me. And sometimes, you just have to follow your gut. And that's what I'm doing. So Fauci's out there flipping and flopping and doing everything else. Uh, We're also, speaking of numbers, speaking of data, we are finding out more and more about the COVID death numbers in nursing homes in the state of New York. That's correct. Um... Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, seems to really be taking no responsibility for the fact that in his state, he made the decision to put COVID-positive patients in nursing homes with the most vulnerable people in our society, thus killing lots and lots of them. And the number that was reported of how many people died in nursing homes was pretty bad. It was really bad. But we're finding out now, guess what? That those numbers were not accurate and they were undercounted by thousands. Thousands of nursing home patients died that we're not even being told about. Could you imagine? I mean, there's famous people that have lost their parents because of this exact decision in New York. Cuomo's administration confirmed Thursday that thousands more nursing home residents died of COVID-19 than the state's official tallies have previously acknowledged. NY data show nursing home deaths undercounted by thousands. It said... That uh, Cuomo's administration confirmed Thursday, yada, yada, yada. Official tallies had previously acknowledged dealing with a potential blow to his image as a pandemic hero. Now, keep in mind, as I read you the story, keep in mind that that's exactly what was going on. That Andrew Cuomo was a pandemic hero. There was talks of him of being president. The left was drooling all over themselves because he did such a good job. When in reality, the only good things that happened in New York was at the hands of President Trump. He provided it. Whether it was military ships for extra beds that never got used. He bent over backwards for New York and all all New York did, all Andrew Cuomo did was crap on him. And now we're starting to see the true story. Of what happened in New York. The surprise development after months of the state refusing to divulge its true numbers showed that at least 12,743 long term care residents died of the virus as of January 19th, far greater than the official tally of 
8,505 on that day, cementing New York's death toll as one of the highest in the nation. Those numbers are consistent with a report released just hours earlier by State Attorney General charging that the nursing home death count could be off by about 50%, largely because New York is one of the only states to count just those who died on facility grounds, not those who later died in the hospital. And that's what it's been about. It's been about, on one side, suppressing the numbers, and on the other side, jacking them up. Get the COVID numbers as high as possible unless it makes a Democrat darling look bad. That's what happened there. And now a lot of those on the left, they're a little slow. It takes them a minute, but they're starting to turn. New York in general is starting to turn on Andrew Cuomo. Think about Think about this guy. He was soaking it up. He loved it. Was like, oh, Andrew Cuomo did such a good job. He wrote a book in the middle of the pandemic about his pandemic response and went to sell it on the backs of the dead people, the people that died because of his decisions with no remorse whatsoever. If anything, if anything, He could at least acknowledge it, but no. And so now they're turning their back. And Andrew Cuomo's out there. He's like, I don't even know if I trust the experts on this stuff. Air quotes, experts. Well, I don't know if I trust the experts either, but I wasn't pretending to for the past six, seven, eight months. I wasn't patting myself on the back because of my COVID response, which turned out to be almost the biggest disaster in the entire country. Killing countless, countless people. Not a good look. Not, not a good look. It's already falling apart for Democrats. And the difference, the stark difference between what we're talking about, the scandals with Democrats already, compared to the scandals within the Trump administration, it's night and day. It's so easy to do this right here in this chair because stuff like that just falls in your lap. I don't have to dig and come up with this big convoluted Russia collusion narrative about Joe Biden. I I don't have to do these far-fetched interviews with Joe Biden's long-lost niece that talks about how he's a horrible person. All the scandals are right in front of us. But not a lot of people hear about him because the media refuses to report on him. Because journalism is dead. D-E-D. Dead. Dead. And I don't know if it's coming back. It, It may come back, but not in the form that we know the traditional media as. True journalism may rise up right here on the internet. Amateur journalists may be taking over and the ones to provide the real news in this vacuum of information that we have where people are going to these places like YouTube and TikTok and wherever else 
to find out what's really going on. You stand with this show. You'll always know what's going on. We're going to keep you updated. Make sure you don't forget to like, subscribe, comment on this video, share it with your friends, and follow us on all the social medias. We're on MeWe. We're on TikTok. We're still on Twitter. We're still on Facebook. All those places you can still find us for now. We'll be transitioning at some point. We're working that out as we go. And then a brand new episode tomorrow. Tell your friends about Over the Line. Tell your mama. Tell your daddy. Tell your big fat granny with a hole in her panties. Because guess what? She's going to want to see this show. She loves it. Grannies love me, y'all. They love Over the Line. So make sure you hook it up. And we will see you tomorrow on a brand new episode. Until next time, see you, Cole.